You're listening to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with your host, Maddie Combat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I am, of course, your host, Maddie Conrad. And this week, I'm going to break convention and I'm going to talk instead uh, from people that I normally know really well. Like a lot of the people we've been interviewing are very good friends of mine. We've worked together. We've crossed paths a number of times. I'm actually going to be talking to two people today that I have never met in person, but I was introduced to through my friends at Barber Evo this week. And they've started something revolutionary that I want to be able to share and I want to be able to help them promote uh, on the website here, but it's something to build community for Barbara's. And as all of you know out there, that that is probably the thing that I am most precious about. I'm most precious about building honest community between Barbara's where we can create a community of support uh, rather than a community of judgment and a community of all the, you know, nonsense that goes on on Instagram. So uh, I'm really excited to get to know and to welcome to the podcast this week, Martin and Ollie Nobbs. Gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey, How are you? I'm doing really good today, pal. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Really good. It is funny because we've literally met, what, like two minutes ago. Yeah. Face to face. This is our first time actually meeting each other. So this is, yeah, this is yeah, all yeah, it's yeah. been is an exchange of emails so far. I know. I know. Well, no, it's really, I mean, obviously your reputation stretches all the way over here. And um, personally, I'm not sort of a huge sort of... Um, I don't really use Instagram a huge amount, although I've been a barber for like 20 years. Um, I, I, I find that funny. Guy. I mean, like it, it seems that barbers mostly live on Instagram these days. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't know what it is. I don't, I don't think I've got the face for Instagram and a lot of other guys have, you know, so I've, I don't know. I've been you told, I've been told that I have a face that's made for radio. So I totally understand that. <laughs> no, no comment. Right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, your reputation over here is, uh, you know, and probably throughout the whole community is pretty amazing. So it's, um, you know, it's good to be here. It's fun to be a part of this and ex yeah, exciting to share it with you. So. Well, thanks very much. Ollie, yeah. uh, how, yeah. uh, how, how about yourself? You spend much time on uh, Instagram. Do you spend much time kind of promoting your work? <clears throat> um, not really promote my work. Um, I've always, this is, the, you know, the creation of Buzz, really. Um, I've always struggled with Instagram. I've always struggled with the hashtags. I've always struggled on what to write for the content without sounding, you know, egotistical or, you know, false or, or anything else. So I've always struggled. I find it easier posting pictures to do with my business and then just, I don't know, basic text or emojis or something. So I've always kind of, I've never really been comfortable on it. Um, and of course, can I ask you, can I ask you, thing, do you yeah. think that's an English thing? You know, because uh, one of the things um, I've noticed in traveling around the world, and I've mentioned this before, is that the approach that people take to promoting themselves is very different in different communities or in different um, areas of the world, in fact, because I've always found that um, Canadians are somewhat of the hybrid between Americans and the English, where the English are at one end of things where there's almost a sense of embarrassment around the idea of success or the appearance of success, uh, because the attitude towards those people shifts so severely towards well that fucking guy you know what i mean instead yeah. of in america where it seems that you only really have to be about half as good as you say you are and yeah. then somewhere yeah. in the middle is canadians yeah. that are like kind that's, of okay yeah maybe yeah that's a really good point um i don't shy away from it you know but i just i always like to try and i always like to sound genuine and if I struggle writing things and I feel like I'm not sounding genuine, I tend to not want to do it, you know? Yeah. And then, which is why I usually just drop back to a basic description um, or an emoji or something. Cause it feels, you know, a lot more like you're not being fake with anything. Um, and maybe it's, you know, I'm 40, you know, I've been, I've owned my company Headcase for 20 years. I set it up in 2000. You know, that was pre-Instagram, pre-Facebook, you know, pre-all of it. And, you know, you have to evolve with those technologies as they come in. Whereas you look at the younger barbers now, you know, that have been doing it for, you know, six, ten years. They've got into the industry with those things. And they were young when they were doing it. So they broke the ground before they were adults, you know, kind of criticizing how they, you know, self-criticizing how they might put things on. They've just always done it. Therefore, it seems a lot more natural the way that they put things out online. And 
you know, I've struggled with that. You know, I know Colin, who's a good friend of mine involved in Buzz. He's brilliant at it, you know, just to name one of them. Um, and I'm just not, you know, um, so I've always kind of, yeah, struggled with it. You know, Facebook's a different animal altogether. You know, that's a lot more about you and your family and, you know. It, it used yeah. to be about, like, to pictures of your breakfast and, uh, you know, but in oh, no, its yeah. infancy, it was such a different thing. It was almost like a rolling diary for people, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. And then people started to realize the marketing potential that it had for them. But well, I'm not yeah, totally... Actually, about, about all these platforms, they, I think they kind of get built to be one thing. I remember when Twitter came around and I mm -hmm. remember saying, this is never going to work. Because mm -hmm. it's like, what, you can do a tweet of like 20 characters or whatever. I remember being in our Hazelmere shop. It was brand new. This is way back. And someone came in and told me and I looked, I was like, this is ridiculous. Who's going to be interested in this? And I don't think when they launched it, they intended it to be like the best news platform or whatever it's become. Yeah. Yeah. Here it is, what, 15 years later and it's, it's what it is. You know, they, they control themselves. Well, I remember Instagram when it started out was basically just a way to make quaint looking old timey kind of style photos that look like old film. And that's 100 percent of why people were using it. They were using it because of the filters. Yeah. And then it really took a dramatic shift in swing. And uh, and it's interesting, though, because when we started out, like you were mentioning, Ollie, you're 40 and, and you and I are the last generation that remembers what it was like to not have a cell phone in high school. You know yeah. what I mean? To not have a computer in your pocket because we had that bloody alphanumeric texting where you had to literally punch 26 different buttons to yeah. say the word hello. And Did you so do it without was... looking as well? Under the table. <laughs> my phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the teacher's yeah. not looking at it. That's right. The teacher can't see. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the way people drive now so that people can't see that they actually have their cell phone yeah. out kind of thing. Yeah. Horrible. We do not endorse that on this show. But uh, <laughs> I, I do want to back up a little bit because I don't want to jump too far ahead here. I do want to talk about Headcase just for a second because I want to give some context to, to where you guys came from. Uh, you have a long history in this industry, uh, not just somebody that kind of showed up and is, is now creating something new. Um, you, you're part of this community. So, so tell us, like, when you started Headcase so back in 2000, what was your real intention there? Were you just, were you just looking for a shop to, uh, to work at or were you just, did you see an opening? Do you see an opportunity? How did that all get started? Well, I'll well, jump in. It's because he, he fancied a girl originally. That's 100% of most, why I went into hair. Most start that way. Don't tell the wife. <laughs> 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 okay well no i want to hear this story no. <laughs> it's a good one <laughs> so i'll tell you, okay so there was a girl he fancied he was um he wasn't you know he didn't enjoy the whole college scene so he, he left college and went and took up hairdressing because there was a girl who he'd fancied for years and um he wanted to become like a hairdresser to impress her and then she went off with some other fella and he was left in a course by himself and he turned out he ended up yeah, getting into the barbering world because he just enjoyed that more than he did. And then he found himself stuck in this industry, which he didn't know much about. The girl he fancied left. So he picked up the pieces and next thing, we, uh, one of our, like, the barber we had from when we were a kid, our Uncle John. He was like the coolest guy ever. He rode motorbikes and he took Oliver in off the back of college and the rest is sort of history. I'll pass it over to Oliver to finish off. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it was a funny story because... Uh, it's different in it's different in Canada, you know. But in the UK, oh, probably then actually as well, there was no way to do barbering, you know. Twenty five years ago, twenty four years ago, when I first kind of got into it, yeah, it's actually the same in Canada. It was the same in Canada, but even when I yeah. started twenty five years ago, there was not any option. There was no option no. to be a barber, and there wasn't. Again, let's say here, you had to go to a hairdressing college. In the UK, you don't need to be, um, you know, um, qualified, registered, or anything. You just licensed, be, uh, kind of licensed, licensed barber. You just, licensed. They're trying, but we'll get that's another. That's for another conversation. Um, but I went off to college. Hate doing ladies hair. Um, enjoyed barbering, but barbering was hard to get into. Probably like tattooing is today. Right, you had to know someone and whatever. And. Yeah, I got dumped three quarters of the way through the course and now I was in it and now I might as well finish it because there you go. Um, and then I wanted to get into barbering or I was going to get out of it altogether. And I needed a way in. And amazingly, uh, me and Martin, we went on holiday with our grandparents 
And uh, our uncle John, who cut our hair since we were four or five, um, he fell off his motorbike and broke his arms. And when I came back of holiday, he was like, look, I just finished my qualifications. And he went, look, I can train you up. Um, I can't be cutting, but I can help you get there. So I went and did that. Um, I had a small window where he was recovering. After that, he couldn't take me on anymore because his shop was full. And that's when I went and got my first shop. And that was, you know, August 2000. And the shop opened in November 2000. So you were incredibly um, green at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, again, it didn't matter because everyone was shit, right? Barbers were shit. They were, generally speaking, barbers were shit. Um, they were the, you would get into barbering if you couldn't do hairdressing. If you weren't good enough to do hairdressing, you generally speaking, you found your way into barbering because a salon wouldn't take you in. You wanted to do this, so you did guys because it, it was what yeah. it was. I mean, it was really looked down on ago, for a long time, wasn't it? Long ago, huh? It was just looked down on for such a long time. I mean, such you're right. Time. Even even as far back as ten years ago, uh, the yeah. the boom hadn't occurred, right? I mean, there's nope. been a boom in the last maybe six, seven years now. You know, what I mean, but yeah. even when we opened my shop in 2010, there was not. It wasn't cool. It wasn't to do because there was so many cool barber shops. There was almost none. You know. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, you're right. It was looked as a second class kind of profession after hairdressing, which is rubbish. And when, and when you were talking about skilled, when you talked about skilled people, Mm -hmm. you would talk about plumbers and builders and, you know, hairdressers. And you never even thought about mentioning a barber ever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like that. So John had a, he's always had a really cool shop. The first shop that we grew up in, had all graffiti on the wall. The music was loud. They're into their, you know, drum and bass and that, you know, and the, the shop was really cool. Big Judge Dredd, you know, with a big finger up on the wall, you know, it was just a, just a cool shop, you know, and we felt really naughty when we were young going in there, right? It was like... Bro, I saw my first know. porn, Mac. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of kids out there that have that story where they saw their yeah. first nudie <laughs> picture in a barber <laughs> shop. Yeah. And then, and then he opened his second shop um, called Swing Todd's, which was really classy you know similar to similar to yours really nice nice trimmings nice everything was just nice and that's where i went and that kind of set me on the path of well i wanted a nice shop you know and it always pissed me off when i would talk to girlfriends dads or or whatever and i would say oh, i'm a barber and they go oh and then i'd show them a picture and they go oh that's quite nice and i was like well of course it's fucking nice what do you think it was going to you know, and I found it really annoying because if I yeah. said to them I owned a restaurant, they'd expect it to be lovely. But I yeah. said a barbershop and they expected it to be shit. And that really wound me up. So that really started pushing me on to making Headcase really nice. We always burnt candles and incense. We played albums rather than yeah. playlists because that was obviously yeah. pre-Spotify. We had the same. We love that, man. I, it was actually my favorite part of our barbershop was the, the ritual around playing an entire album. The way, right. the way that like it was meant to be heard and through a hi-fi and it just like set yep. such a great fucking tone. Dude, it's totally overlooked these days, right? And what everybody overlooks when they play playlists is it's no different than a radio and mm-hmm. people don't get engaged with a song by song by song. When you put an album on, people go back to when they heard the album and it changes the experience that they have in your shop because they sit and go, fuck, I've not heard this album in a long time. And rather than hear one song they switch off to, the next one comes. And generally speaking, when you really enjoy an album, you know what song's next. Yeah. You know, I can tell you, yep. you know, think of definitely maybe a big Oasis fan. I can list off to you the names of the songs in order, but you put the album on and I'll tell you what song comes next, right? <clears throat> and it, it really brings out an emotional side when you play in an album over a playlist. So I'm still, I'm always big on that. But it worked because there was a record shop around the corner. Our dad was a DJ and I really enjoyed record shops. And I'd be able to go in there and the guy that worked in there was like your proper, imagine like a movie and there was a fella in there that had a Guns N' Roses t-shirt on, you know, long ponytail, bit balding on the top, kind of a goatee bit. That guy, that guy worked in the shop and he would just give me handfuls of CDs, handfuls. Go listen to that. Go listen to that. If you like it, come and buy it. And I would be buying you know, 40 albums a week from him. 
I'm yeah, just it gets very stuff. expensive because I mean, I, I one of the things I've been coming into lately is what the hell do I do with all these records now? I've literally got shelves full of them because I was a DJ when I first started out. It's it's I'm listening oh, yeah. to your story and I'm thinking like what bananas like similarities we've had because I also got into barbering because of girls, but it was one of those things where <laughs> I uh, it was it wasn't just one though it was all it was all girls I got into hairdressing for uh, and and that never worked out to my advantage to be honest, but. Um, it was really funny though because we started playing these records and we started collecting a massive record collection i had a massive record collection all these old house records and old school soul stuff and everything that i love but it really came down to a point where it's like god that is one of the biggest parts of overhead of my shop but it was such an investment in the vibe because i think what you're talking about there is the vibe and i think vibe is one of the most underrated uh design elements of a shop because it's yeah, not accidental. Exactly. It's really not accidental. It's a very intentional thing that we're trying to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, so one, of the, one of the things we say with um with the branding side of things is yeah, yeah. um you know because you know people sort of talk about the ego in the industry and it's you know you'll get a lot of barbers kind of saying you know my my shop should be busy because I'm a damn good barber and the industry know you're a good barber right? There's no doubt about it. But but customers don't care. Like they don't care that you've got 10,000 followers and that you can skin fade better than anyone else. They don't know. So they're not going to walk into your shop because you're John Smith because no one knows who John Smith is. Totally. Outside the barber totally. community. And the barber community aren't generally the ones that are going to make your shop successful. So the reason they walk through a door is because it looks cool and you've smiled at them. And, and, then, feel good. Right? and then when your haircut Wait. is then just good enough, then they come yeah. back. Because they go, well, the haircut's fine. They can't critique it like we can. But they'll go, your haircut was good. And the dude was lovely. And it smelled really nice. And they were playing this song, I'm Going Back. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of the way that I tell people is, um, and the way I try and sum that up as easily as possible, is that I, I tell people that what people are usually paying you for is the way they feel when they're walking out the door. You know, so, they're not, I think we think that we're a business that sells haircuts which we're, we're not. We're a service provider that does haircutting in an environment that makes people feel confident, makes them feel better about themselves, makes them you know, drop their shoulders a couple inches and just take care of all the little bits and details to make you feel put together. I think there's so much more to it than haircutting. You totally nailed that though. I don't, I don't think that it really is about how famous you are or how well-known you are or how, even how good your haircuts are. Right, because customers don't give a shit, right? And that's where we fell down in Instagram, right? Because the ego comes from your Instagram following. And the fella that walks in the door doesn't give a shit, probably doesn't even follow you on Instagram, doesn't mm. care less. If you're a cocky idiot and you give the best haircut he's ever had, he won't come back to you. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. care. He can go down the road and get a good haircut and feel brilliant, right? And he'll go back there again, you know. So I, I, I always say to the guys that there's two types of haircut. There's a haircut that we see and there's a haircut that they see. As long as they're happy and they feel good, good. I don't care. Yep. You know, it's like... A, I think like part of it too is like, do you remember looking at uh, when we didn't have Instagram and we weren't all competing for some imaginary blurry fade award that is never going to show up in the mail instantly? Um, yeah. it, it's one of those things where we used to look at magazines, we used to look at fashion, we used to look at movie stars, we used to look at like celebrities for, for innovation and style or whatever. And that's really who 90% of people are still looking at when they're like, you know, I, I don't see a lot of people coming in with pictures of people I don't know who they are. I still still see people coming in with the same 10 celebrities going like, can you make my hair look like this? Right. And the thing yeah. is, is that a lot of them, not, not any, you know, dismay to their hairstylists don't have brilliant, perfectly barbered haircuts. What happened in hairdressing when I got out of it was that we had divorced ourselves from actual fashion. Everything was getting weird and people looked like they were wearing jellyfishes attacking their backs of their heads and these really geometric things at a hair show. But then you pick up a fashion magazine, you wouldn't see anything like that. You know, I mean, so the things that hairdressing started celebrating as technical excellence really divorced itself away from fashion. And I feel like barbering is starting to get that same element. It's like the technical artistry of this is brilliant. Well done. But it's really intimidating to a lot of people that are like, well, I'd never fucking wear that. I got to go to somebody that does normal haircuts. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I know it's awesome to have that and it's great to have that element of it, but it's, it's one of those things that we need to learn to celebrate both sides of things. You know what I mean? 
I'll always remember this guy came into our shop once and he, and just to show you the reputation that, you know, the barbers have, I suppose, or the barber shops have. This fellow must have been in his 40s. He had a suit. He was just like a regular guy. And he sat down and I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, what do you want today? He was like, I don't want a David Beckham haircut. I want a David Beckham's accountant's haircut. And he just showed me. Right? He was worried if he just let me go, I was going to do a David Beckham haircut. I don't even know what that means. And this, and this, was, this was David Beckham 15 years ago. Like, the funny thing is, I think most say, people, there's an ongoing joke that like anybody walks into an English barber shop right now, they're going to get a crop no matter what they ask for. Uh, so <laughs> I think, I think that, that's yeah. the, that's the unfair perception that we, that I think a lot of people have given your locality at this point, yeah. but what, what, like, what kind of haircuts were you mostly wanting to do there? Like, I mean, did you, did you set out like we did where it's like, we like classic haircuts. We are doing classic haircuts. It's what we were known for, but we'll do anybody. We'll take anyone. We don't have like a hard regimented thing, but we we're definitely cool. built on that popularity of classic haircuts. Well, see my, how can I say it? Um, head case centrally, we've got so many haircuts get done every day. I mean, I think, I think throughout our group, we see nearly 30,000 customers a month, right? And a lot of that, <clears throat> a lot of that gets, hey, my wife just bought me some dinner. Thank you. Um, we, get, we get a lot of haircuts come through, and that's an awful lot of pictures. So it's hard to say that we focus on one thing. So <clears throat> really, I mean, my, my thing has always been, I just wanted to do real haircuts, right? And if that's your board on the top, and you want your hair over your ears and you want to tuck it behind a bit and you want a nice tidy neck, I want to give you the best version of that that you can have. And I want to take a, and, and I'd want to take a picture of that, you know, and if you want a skin fade, then I'll do the, you know, I'll do you the best skin fade you've had. And if you want long hair, I'll do that too. And I did, and I think where it falls down, especially in the UK at the moment is every, and this isn't a downer on our colleges at all, but, the colleges, they put people through quickly. And let me just say, I, I like you, I was in it early when all I wanted was to see new, young, fresh talent coming through it, right? Mm. So I think the colleges are great because they're feeding this amazing industry that I, me and you waited so long for. Yeah. But they do emphasize a lot on clippers and skin fades. So mm. what you see a lot in the UK is short stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of barbershops, they do hold themselves around, you know, the short, short stuff and the pump stuff and things. And I think it really need they need to have a shift away just to be doing normal stuff because the money, the money to be made isn't around, you know, Agreed. skin fades and skull flat tops and things. It's just not there. You need to satisfy everyone. And if you can get everyone in the community into your shop, including those tricky haircuts, but also the old man that wants to just come in and have a nice haircut in a nice environment, if you can do all of that and get them to come back, that's where the money's made. Not in that one-off thing where you feel like you have to take a picture of everybody. And once you've taken that picture, you've now made the guy feel like he's just been paraded. And now he might not come back because experience has been put off. You're going to see that guy once. And if you see everybody once, don't care how fucking good you are. Your shop will go out of business. Yeah, right? absolutely you need to agree. Everyone and keep them all happy. And when you get to know somebody, ask them if you can take the picture. You know, don't screw it all up with filters and all of that stuff. Just got to remember, like you said earlier, we're a service industry. We have to make people feel good, not satisfy a following that is fake. Now, just in in talking to you guys for uh, now about like 15, 20 minutes here, I can already tell that like, I can't believe we've never met before because you and I like, it's almost like the same brain in a lot of ways. I I really believe a lot of these things that you're saying. And I think that I think that it's very true that the focus of things has shifted off the client in many ways. And I think that the focus on the client, regardless of who they are, what they ask for, uh, you know, inclusivity is better than exclusivity in today's business world. Um, I want to talk to you guys I, about the. Ev- say, I don't take pictures of my clients. Yeah, good. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because then it, it cuts aren't that good. But 
<laughs> I think that the, I never, I've never done it. I've, I've, I've always said, um, one, one of the things I've said for the long time is, and people get really frustrated with me because they'll make comments about, well, how can we never see any real world haircuts that you've done? Um, it's because of that fact, because I don't take pictures of my clients because it's not what they're there for. And I make exactly. a deal with my, you know, if, if a lot of those haircuts that I do take pictures of, they happened in my chair or they are a client of mine, but I asked them uh, to, to make a separate exchange. So I gave them a yeah. free haircut. And then I said, can you give me some time tomorrow? I want to take some pictures for you and your Tinder game will probably go through the roof. And that's usually my, my sales yeah. pitch to it. But then it's an agreement. Then we have a thing going on and it's not a matter of like, oh, I'm just using every person that's paying me for yeah. Instagram fodder. But totally what happened agree. with Instagram and everybody coming along there and, and, and using it for marketing ha has really shifted the way that we see Instagram. Uh, influencers have shifted the way we trust whether or not people are telling us the truth or whether it's some sort of sponsorship or something like that. And we're starting to get that annoying filter that we all have that basically allows us to sift through the BS of whether or not people are genuine or whether or not they're getting paid for something or whether or not they're just trying to look good or whatever it is. Um, we're starting to adjust our filter now. And so there's, there's new things that need to come out or there's, I think it opens the door for new opportunities for uh, apps or for other things. And you guys have created an app that uh, caught my attention um, a couple weeks ago, to be honest. Uh, and I've been kind of watching on it. And, and my friend Luke Dolan, uh, who I'm going to have on the podcast uh, in the next few weeks, um, he, he actually uh, is the one that drew my attention to it and said, you should keep an eye on this thing. This looks cool. And the very day that it launched was just this week. And I, I think I was on it within the first hour because I, I liked the idea. I wanted to see what it is. So um, this app is called Buzz and it's a barber community app. And I want you guys to tell us a little bit about it and why you felt like it was the time to release that yeah well i mean so sort of going back off of this the, the conversation that we had with um instagram um it all started because we found out that you know if if ever we were going to shut our shop um, because of like a flood or i don't know staff sickness or something we'd go and post it on our instagram page for the shop page you know and then because Oh, and I, you know, we run this franchise, but often we will be in the shop and we'll be getting our hands dirty fixing it. We'll be there. Yeah, we also own our own shop as well. Yeah, in that group. Yeah, within, within the headcase group, we've got a shop that we run ourselves. And, you know, so the shop will be shut. We'll know it's shut. We can't do cuts. So we're going to post it on Instagram because we've got, you know, 2,000 followers or something. And, and we know our customers are there, right? Because Instagram's got a billion profiles. And we speak to the customers all the time and we say, do you follow us? And they're like, yeah, 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 follow you. So these guys, there's no reason why they wouldn't know that we're shut, right? Because they're on Instagram and we've posted that we're shut. But they turn up to the door, they've paid for their parking, they've walked 20 minutes, and we then tell them that we're shut. And of course, they're pissed off with us. And uh, we'll say, oh, look, we did, we did update the Instagram account. And you see their face like, well, that's not my problem. I don't care. Why should I be checking Instagram? And I think it dawned on us, right, that we think of Instagram as a barber profile as a barber platform, sorry, mm -hmm. um, because we're all on it and I follow, you know, Matty Conrad and I follow all the guys I aspire to meet and work with and because we're all there, it's where we've been for such a long time. But if you go and look at it from our customer side of things, which is where we're really making our money, they don't know that it's a barber platform. They just, they post pictures of their holidays and shit, right? So all of a sudden- but Even if they do follow you, even if they do follow you, this is what everyone needs to get their head around, even if they do follow you, they're probably not engaging with your work, with your posts. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they're probably not looking, they follow you to support you, but they're mm -hmm. probably looking, you know, without the sexist thing, they're probably mainly dudes, right? And mainly the guys are going to be looking at cars or girls or Insta models everywhere, constantly engaging with other things than your shop. So Instagram goes, oh, we'll give them more of that and yeah. less of that. The and algorithm, yeah, it blocks blocks people shop. from seeing what you see. Yeah, Instagram is going to, and I get it, right? Instagram isn't going to show you that shit because it doesn't think you're interested in it, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, you post your shot and Instagram goes, yeah, they don't care. And they don't see it, you know? Right. Yeah. And, you know, me and I, we've always worked really closely together. You know, we've been, uh, there's like a year between us. So we've grown up as best mates. We started the business together. We worked in the same shop together and, you know, our kids were born around the same time. So they, 
are now with each other all the time. And so everything we do, we, you know, we're in each other's ear constantly. And we were saying, you know, there's got to be a way to communicate with our customers more. So that's how it started because we developed our own EPOS system within Headcase where we can track queue length um, and what barbers are working that day to help us analyze the businesses and keep them nice and slick and improving. So at the start of every day, we'll say what barbers are working in the shop. And then every time we put a haircut through our till, we say what the current queue length is. And we're a lot of walking barbershops over here. Appointments are becoming more popular. But we were saying to a few of our customers, you know, if we could make that data customer facing, would it be interesting? And of course, they were like, fuck yeah, because then I could see if there's one guy waiting and four cutting. Is so it was, it was like constantly updating so that somebody, if they were like, I want to walk in for a haircut, could look down and see how many yeah. people were ahead of him already. Yeah, that's it. It's not a virtual queue. They would just be able to log on and see that Matty, Oliver and Martin are working today and there's one person waiting. So now if they want to wait for Ollie or Matt, they'll, they know you're working. Or they'll log on and they see Martin's on his own and the last queue was recorded as seven and they would think, I'd rather not go down right now because the queue's going to be too long. Right. So we could give them that information. So we started chatting with a few of our customers and they were like, oh, it'd be amazing. It'd save wasting so much see, time. Yeah. yeah, it gives me this insight. And it's, there's no promises. There's no virtual queue. It just lets me know what's going on. And people want to know what's going on, right? It's what, that's the world we live in at the moment, you know, making things easier to use. And so um, we, we chatted with one of our customers um, and it just happens this guy works for Microsoft. He's been coming in for like seven years, really nice fella. And he said, I'd love to have a chat with you about it. So we went and had a coffee. My brother was in New York with his family and me and him just went for a coffee. And he said, so tell me more about it. How would it work? And I said, well, I don't know yet. But I'm picturing a barber would create a profile, a barbershop would create a profile, and then when the two, when those two profiles are linked, the barbershop now knows the barbers that work with it, and those barbers can update their shop's queue. Something like that. And he was like, okay, right. So can the barbers message each other? And I was like, well, yeah, I think so, because recruitment is a massive problem. Mm. Barbershops can lose a barber overnight, because barbers can walk into any shop at any point, right? It, they know they can. The problem is the other way around. It's not losing barbers. It's when you inevitably lose one of your barbers. It's finding another one. You know, you, you, don't, know, you don't know where to look. It's posters on windows or recruitment sites where you get an array of people apply. It's unbelievable. So I said, so if all the barbers were in one place, not only would it be an amazing opportunity for customers to get an insight into what's going on in the shop, but... Um, you know, it would also mean that you could just link barbers to barbershops. So now there wouldn't be that animosity and, you know, conflict when a barber leaves. Now a barbershop owner could actually pat their barber on the back and be like, good luck, because they know they're going to be able to go and find another barber. Mm -hmm. And he was like, right, well, it sounds like you're creating LinkedIn. And of course, I was like, well, yeah, I can see how you think that. And he said, well, aren't all the barbers on LinkedIn? And of course, I said, no, they're not. And I told him the problems with LinkedIn and how it's not built for our industry and he said, so where are they? And I said, well, we're all on Instagram. And his mind, bear in mind, he's a tech guy, right? Right. He was like, Fuck, what do you mean they're all on Instagram? So I told him, I said, well, look, it's simple. Barbers, we're simple guys, right? We don't want the fact because we, we can see it. We deal with people all the time. So Instagram is easy. You post your image. That's what we want. The visual, problem is that it's artistic. Visual, yeah. right? Yeah. The problem yeah, is yeah, at the moment, sure. whenever I'm looking to employ someone, I... The only thing I can say is, can I have your Instagram account? Because they don't have a portfolio. And then when I right. go to their Instagram account, they have a tiny little picture of them so I can barely see who they are. There's then a bunch of images that could have been stolen or, I don't know, it doesn't tell me anything about them, really. Um, no TV, no nothing. There's nothing. So he was fascinated. He said, we've got to go and talk more about this. So we just started brainstorming the markets you know, the, the, the markets within barbering that we knew, the, the customers, the barbers, the barbershops, the brands. And of course, all the lessons we know, because we've got the 30 shops, we learn things 30 times quicker than most and the problems that we see. And we ended up developing this platform, which essentially, if you can picture it, is like a sort of like an Instagram meets a simplified LinkedIn, where it's super visual. The first thing you see, you know, barbers create a profile, the first thing you see is this like amazing visual profile of a barber, which is super important because we're visual people. 
But then under that are the things that Instagram doesn't give you. You know, Instagram, once you post your images, that's it. It's static. It doesn't develop in any way, you know. Your followers go up, sure, but professionally it doesn't add any value to you. And we just kind of tried to break down the things that we thought, you know, barbers want to know about each other. Now, I'll you tell know, you what, what, let's, what let's, let's talk about that for a sec, because one of the, let's, let's face it, the, the, the reason why Instagram has been so popular is because of the uh, social status assigned to your follower number. Your, uh, you know, there's almost like a, a carrot and stick reward system there. You know what I mean? That people are, are drawn to it's in, in some weird competition or self-evaluation thing as much as it, okay. I, much as it's i've thought it's complete nonsense that that would be the case it's inevitable it's like you can't argue that people put some sort of value on themselves based on uh what their follower count is and yep. so what what have you guys done in that instance that is like I mean, to be clear just so you know i get the following in instagram i admire mm -hmm. it and i envy it because there is a value to it mm -hmm. you know there's a value to have a million instagram followers or 80,000 Instagram followers or, you know, because you, you're reaching people and that's amazing. But as you, I think the key word that you said there was, it doesn't put a value on you as a barber. Agreed. We are trying you know, to take people away from totally. Instagram, by the way. We're not trying to compete with Instagram. Because no, 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 Do you know what I mean? Instagram, the followings, the so real value. Demonstrate that. Demonstrate that. <clears throat> you can share straight from Buzz into Instagram on purpose. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we aren't trying to do that. No, no, I, exactly. I didn't mean uh, that you were trying to compete. I just think it's an interesting no. um, way of, of what hooked so many people into it. You know what I mean? To yeah. using that. Uh, but at the same time, it also creates a weird hierarchy, um, I think, inside of our industry that is not necessarily accurate. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can yeah. be the first to admit that despite a rather sizable following, I'm a rubbish barber. Like, I'm, an, I'm a mediocre barber at best. We've heard so, that. yeah, no, I, I'm not ashamed <laughs> to say that at all. I, I, I look at people that can cut circles around me and I'm constantly in awe of the quality <laughs> of work that's going out there now. And I just do the stuff I like and I do my best. And it really demonstrates that. it's not about that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 exactly. It yeah. really like, does. That's that it's, you know, if you're the sort of people, if you're the sort of guy that people just, you know, they're interested in what you've got to say. Yeah. then it's more about what you've got to say and where it's coming from. Well, and if they well very you, fortunately, then... uh, what I've got to say right now is that uh, I really love the look of this. Like, this is my Buzz account. <laughs> I created it two days ago. Uh, I, I used the Barber Evo cover because the guys from Barber Evo are the ones who actually introduced me to you. And, uh, and I love those guys, and I love supporting what they're doing for the industry. Yeah, they're great. But, uh, mean, but so far... Oh, what about they're they're just the best guys, man. They're so genuine and so lovely. Um, yeah. But I, I got to tell you, this thing looks slick. Like I'm really drawn into the aesthetic of it. I think is really, really good. I think you nailed that, that a slightly more artistic presentation than a LinkedIn kind of thing. And, and I, I love the ideas uh, that are in here. Can you highlight a few of the ideas that you guys find to be more like exciting, innovative for you? Yeah, I'll say a few, um, bro and then and then you know you can sort of pick up but it's um you know just to make a point you know this is a first version thing you know we've we've invested in this thing ourselves it's not a billion dollar platform like instagram there's a lot of improvements that we really want to see and if you know if the if the barbers come and use it then that's what is going to help us get there but at the moment it really is sort of first version so it's nice that you like it um because there's been a lot of work's gone into it. It's probably been six months in the making with a great development team over here. Um, it shows. It really does show, though. There, there's a lot yeah. of really great details in here. So you guys, I, I'm, I've been very impressed. But sorry, I'll let you keep going. Thank you. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, we recognize the things that people want to carry over from Instagram, which is the simplicity and the ease of use. So we try to keep it within the same sort of format that people are familiar with, which means when you get into it, it's quite intuitive and you don't have to you to be told what to do too much um we're still we're still improving that but we've so we've got the same features as it, that you have an in instagram where you can write a bit about yourself you can post your images but the main thing i love is you know this huge sort of visual profile that hits you when you sign up you know it's exciting to go and see what yours looks like and you know everyone is keen to see how theirs will look when it's done and then when you hear other names have joined you want to go and see how their profile looks because it it does look visual and that's something that you really lack on Instagram. It's you're given a tiny circle and 
for us, we do have a little bit of, I want people to see what I've got to offer. You know, you've got, we've all got our favorite picture of ourselves and you can just splash that out there. So that's something I love. And, but the other thing that um, is really interesting is there's this thing that we have, which is called endorsements. And we're refining that. We're actually just about to release a, an update which lets you control it slightly more because um, as it stands, uh, and again, we're seeing how the app is growing itself and how users are using that. And endorsements are basically this sort of way of another barber visiting your profile and seeing your work and then giving you an endorsement in some of the skills they can see you're good at. So for example, if I visit your profile, Matty, I'll see that you know you can do beards and skin fades and, and I can then go and give you an endorsement in your beards and skin fades and it's a professional endorsement. I know what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all positive, right? There's nothing negative in there whatsoever. So any interaction... Uh, although I have been uh, recently endorsed with head art and uh, Afro hair. Those are probably the things that I am the most rubbish at in barbering. So as much right, as I now, appreciate this is, that... This is why we're coming up with this update. <laughs> now, this has been really... I wouldn't want to mislead anyone to think that I'm actually right, good at this. What, this we, what we found is... And this is where we, we've got a dev team who are really quick to act on stuff. And we're constantly receiving feedback from everyone we're having like live conversations all the time and we're four days in and what we found is while the endorsements has been a really lovely thing lots of really positive sort of loads of positivity and people are trying to use it in the right way what we found is a lot of people are just going and giving endorsements to try and be nice and to build those relationships that people are so keen to do right they if i give you some endorsements then it's going to warm us up and we're going to be able to then start chatting and networking and with networking. Good, a good solid community. pat on the back kind of thing, you know? Exactly. I, I, right. I, should, I should interject here just one, one thing. If anybody out there wants to take the time to teach me to be better at Afro hair, I'm dying to get better at it. It's something <laughs> I'm, I really, really want to learn more about it. I just absolutely don't have enough of it to do and I want it. I want to be good at that stuff too. Anyway, please continue. No worries. Um, so what we, the next one of the next updates is um, that you're going to be able to control the things that people can endorse you in. Um, we will also be able to retrospectively delete the endorsements that we don't feel like should be seen on our profile. So there's going to be a much stronger control over that, which can be implemented retrospectively too. So if, like you've got Matt here, you know, some endorsements in head art, they'll be taken away as soon as you go into your profiles and say, I can't do that. Um, yeah, it does, it does damage to you, right? It does that. Pop pop this in quick. You're different, obviously, because you're who you are. But we didn't build it in the greatest respect. We didn't build it for the names in the industry. We built it for all the barbers in the industry. Yeah. And there's so many barbers out there that don't own their own businesses or aren't famous. They're Mm -hmm. they're barbers, right? Um, And those barbers need this profile to demonstrate to employers what they're actually good at and what we cannot have is somebody showing off a profile or sending their profile as their cv and a guy seeing that they're bloody brilliant at skin fades and head art and threading and then the guy going oh fuck i need someone that's good at threading and head art i'll give them a job and then they go in and go i can't do that and they're like well why why was it on your your thing then now, what, what you mentioned there, I love because uh, to me, what it started to look like was a bit of a CV, right? I, I, when I started seeing the endorsements, I started seeing the thing and I was like, well, this is actually quite a brilliant addition as a business owner because uh, you're right. Like a lot of us don't get to know, uh, you know, we, we can't really see, but I've, I've actually spent some time on the app this week and I've been going through profiles that I see, especially uh, some of people I know. And then I've been trying to go and click through some that I don't and assess the things that I think they're good at and, and start giving them little indoor and just adding little endorsements mm-hmm. here and there when I was like, Oh, this is quite good. Or he's quite good at this as well. And just, just exactly. trying to build some of that, yeah. which I really love the positivity angle of that and the support. Cause I think that's a really strong element of community but i think that you're you're right like the amount of control that we can have over uh you know is this a a real endorsement is this a really good or is this just somebody being nice or you know the more accurate we can make that the more useful that really is yeah yeah that's exactly right i mean to come at it from a recruitment point of view you know recruitment with the 30 shops we've sort of got and 100 odd barbers recruitment like permanent recruitment in head case and it's the same for so many other you know guys who've got two three four shops recruitment is just like a real challenge 
And there are some really good recruitment agencies who have been in touch. And they've kind of said, you know, we've got 600 barbers and we've got all their information. And the problem we have as an industry is because barbershops are all so desperate to get a decent barber, the recruitment industry moves faster than like any other industry. There's not like a recruitment process where 100 apply and a few weeks later you've got through that first round and now they're down to 20 and, and there's a chance that the person who applied for a job two weeks ago is still on the market. In barbering, if they apply for a job on Monday, if you call them on the Friday, they're probably in another job. So th there's really no way to have a recruitment platform for barbering. It has to be controlled by the barbers because if you have a database, it's out of date 24 hours after you've last checked it. So the idea of this is just one of the, one of the kind of nice angles on this is because you also have barbershop profiles, the idea is sort of unknowingly barbers are controlling their CV like real time and they can control, the idea is they can control every aspect of what they're doing. Um, and then when a barber shop needs a barber, they can sort of just press a button and because of all the geolocation through, you know, people sort of putting in their postcodes and whatever, um, it just sends out a subtle notification to all the barbers in the area to say that this barbershop's looking for work. And, you know, a few barbers have gone, well, hang on a sec, so that means all of my barbers are going to get a message from other barbershops. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, look, that doesn't mean they're going to leave. Like, all my barbers know they can go and get a job in a dozen other barbershops within five minutes of where they're working. And it doesn't mean they leave because they're happy where they are. Mm -hmm. So and barber, my barbers also know all the names of the barbershops in the area. And they know they could message them directly on Instagram and go and get a job if they want, but they're not. So that isn't a problem that we're not already exposed to. The difference is on Instagram, we don't know where the barbers are. They're somewhere amongst the billion profiles. And if right. you search for the hashtag barber, I get global results. It's just no good to me. So the idea of this is, like you said, it's a real-time CV. It's like a real-time recruitment platform that just happens on the side. You know, it's not, it. we haven't got to do anything for that. It just happens itself. And it solves a massive problem that the industry hasn't been able to crack. I think the interesting thing is, is solving problems on both sides. I think uh, owners are always going to want you to solve the problems that owners have. Barbers are going to want you to solve the proper problems that barbers have. And what you're essentially doing is tackling the problems of both. Uh, I think that's awesome. Yeah, um, tell me about the index. Uh, tell me about the index number and what that little means. Because uh, for those of you that haven't seen it yet, I want you to go download it right now. It is really cool. Uh, but I, there is a little number, uh, the buzz index is what it's called. And I'd, I'd love to know a little more about that. Yeah, okay, so the, the buzz index. Um, so what we wanted to try and do is sort of, you know, um, encourage and reward sort of behavior within the app. So basically every type of engagement within the app, whether it's a like or posting a picture or anything that you do, really, you get some index points. And your buzz index points, initially, it was sort of a thousand was the limit. But what we realized was because people have been so good, I mean, there's already been in four days, we've already got over a thousand users and there's already, there's already been over 100,000 different types of engagement, um, which is just incredible. And what it shows is not only was it really needed this, but barbers love interacting with each other. Um, so you know, the index points, as there's that type of engagement, people are getting these points and people were reaching a thousand easy. So what Oliver and I, we had a chat and we thought, wouldn't it be cool if we just made it a million? So you're building your points over a career and as your points build, what it does is there's, it, it rewards you in a couple of ways. One is because it's a reflection of you and your ability to interact within the network. Now, Positively. Positively, right? Now, when, when you're an employer, for example, and you want to employ someone, and there's a couple of guys who look exactly the same, profile for profile, but one's got a, barber index, a buzz index of, you know, like 100,000, and one's got a buzz index of zero, what that shows is the guy who's got the zero index doesn't engage with the community or the barbershop profile either. Or he's not on, he doesn't have a buzz profile at all. Or yeah, maybe he doesn't have one at all. Yeah. That, it right. could be the difference between an employer thinking, you know, not only are you both good at this, both good at that, but this guy engages with other barbers and he engages with the shop profile. And because the shop profile, you know, you want, you want engagement with the customers, that's going to be better for your business. So yeah, it might be, might be a good indicator of motivation. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. So, so it's good for that. But also, um, 
gamification is a huge thing. Um, we were chatting with a few other, you know, really well-known barbers about it because a the, the few have been in touch. And one of the things a lot of them like is the sort of the, the gamification side of it. And we're working on a few ideas about higher index points. Um, you know, can give you higher visibility within the network because one of the things we recognised which is really apparent now is barbers they want to be recognized you know they want to be able to contact other barbers and be seen um yeah. and one way they, to do they that almost is look at it as a credibility thing you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. But the white barbers will be seen right the positive ones will be seen ahead of the guys just guys with the follow account and you can't see a follow account as yeah. you know we touched on earlier on it isn't about that it's about your positivity and your supportiveness of of other barbers just to just to know i fucking hate trolls so yeah this really filters out the trolls they have nowhere to access in buzz because they just won't be won't be recognized Brilliant. you know you can't be innately you can't be a troll and support barbers <laughs> you just yeah. the two don't go together we've had a couple of guys say it'd be cool to have some sort of negative endorsements so people can be be kind of supported on where they can improve and i get that you know it's a nice idea but there's always going to be the opportunity if, if something can be misused it's going to be misused you know yeah. well, one, even one, with the best one intentions of the things, one of the things that we want to do to improve people because of the obviously education is a huge thing rather than have the negative endorsement pro prompt you to try and improve you you touched on um your afro hair earlier on what we'd the way that I envisage it happening is if you either switch the afro hair off because you don't want to do it or pick another shaving is a big thing. People don't like shaving. Say you wanted to turn shaving off um, or you wanted to leave it on, but you weren't getting endorsed for it. Training courses will be able to know that maybe there's people out there that might want to learn shaving, right? And at the moment, how do they get in touch and say, look, I can see that you want to improve on this. Yeah. You haven't got a lot of endorsements for it. We can offer you some shaving. Training. I mean, you know, with the geolocation that you guys have, and I mean, from, from an educator, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is it that people need and where, you know what I mean? Because I teach a lot of different disciplines. Uh, having options to click on things where, what, what are areas that you want to learn about? You know, just having that kind of information available for educators and companies yeah. that want to go in and be like, look, we can help. We can do that. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and cause we, a lot of the time we just don't know where the need is, you know what I mean? We can assume we can kind of suggest things, but, uh, really, and unless you have an idea of like these, there's this many people in this area that really are dying to learn this specific thing. Well then as an educator, you know, that that's going to be a successful endeavor for you. You can go in and you can teach it. Otherwise you don't know, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's a failure of Instagram, right? Yeah. Well, I think the interesting thing that you mentioned about trolls and, and creative, con like constructive criticism is people have constructive criticism so fucking backwards these days. Like constructive criticism cannot be delivered first by somebody that has never constructed the thing that they're criticizing or second from a person that is unknown to you. The only people that are qualified to offer constructive criticism are people in a position of leadership that those specific people they're critiquing admire and want to learn from that's the only time constructive criticism is actually constructive and other times it's just shitting on people and and so it's a thing that people think that uh, their opinions or their criticisms are so welcomed and and in many cases they are but in matters of creativity or places where you're simply not qualified it's just a shitty opinion you know I, I'm on a lot of yeah yeah i'm on a lot of facebook groups right and they have you know, some value, I suppose, to people that are looking for something in, in them. But what I, I see it a lot is people put, and, and it, to me, it's one of the poisonous things about these other platforms that aren't built for us, um, is people, you know, early barbers, new barbers, barbers trying something new, will put a picture up in a group and say, please let me know how I can improve my skin fade. And I see that and I go, ah, oh, shit. You yeah. know, poor guy. You know, and immediately I don't go, oh, how are people helping him? I go, oh my God, what have people done? You know, mm. how is someone going to be tearing into this guy to try and make themselves feel better? 
And I read down some of the, the comments and some people just use that as a license to be fucking wankers. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. That, and then you just think, oh, dude, that's going to crush that poor guy, right? If you're new and you don't have, you know, a thick skin because you've not been in it a while or you're new, it's just going to make you go, do you know what? I can't cope with it. And yeah. that is doing a massive disservice to make somebody not even want to get back on social media in any form or even worse, get out of the industry because some fucking idiots decided to make himself feel better and hurt someone. And it's the vocal it minority that does it too. Matter. It's for the most part, uh, I haven't met a lot of people. I know we like to make these assumptions that there's lots of shit people out there with great big egos that are huge assholes because they have a huge following or whatever. I've not met those people. Um, I, I honestly, I can't think of more than maybe two or three that were just maybe a little disappointing, but not like a complete asshole. And so it's an interesting thing, the perception that we have out there. And I think it's largely driven by this vocal minority that likes to assert their own insecurities into situations where they just shit all over someone. And then not only did they look bad, but they make the rest of us look really terrible. And you're right. They force people out of an industry and we all start somewhere. God, I was, when I started cutting hair, I was complete rubbish. Like it's a fucking miracle that I ended up here. (laughs) Well, I tell you, it's, it's one of the emotional things that we touched on earlier on. It's really rare for somebody to become really popular publicly in anything if they're cunts because true people people move away from them right so people that are nice tend to rise above and people then want to go near that person because people gravitate to niceness trolls attract trolls and trolls are rarely famous decent people tend to become really famous right because people want to go near them right and one of one of let's talk about you right one of your leading qualities over here is that you're a nice bloke people, people <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> but it's genuine right people know you as a nice person and it's the niceness that people are attracted to so it's very difficult to become uber successful at something and be an arsehole not talking well, I, about you know there's a few there's a few people that have you know not to name some leaders of some countries but generally speaking <laughs> You, you wow. can't. You can't be. Are we going? Yeah. Is that where we're going? Thinly, thinly no, veiled, right. but I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. true, right? It's true. You can't. Yeah. You, it's very rare that any becomes uber famous and they're they're idiots. I think one of the things that is always really important to me uh, from our company standpoint, this is everyone that works with us. Like we we actually don't hire anybody based on their Instagram following. We we could care less. Um, I I have had a rat. In the midst of all this that's going on right now with race riots and pandemic and, and all of the obstacles that we've been facing in the community, I've been um, meeting really regularly, have, sharing like a, a thread with a bunch of people that work with us. Um, and the one thing that we keep going over and over and over is that, God, I'm so glad you guys are our team, our, our community, you know what I mean? And, and we're all in this thing together because we're all on the same page when it comes to this stuff. We're all trying to do what we can to support. And they're all decent, decent, decent human beings. All of them, like at their very core, are really good people. And that's what we hire for. We hire for good people. Um, yep. I don't care what your Instagram following is because that, that has not a lot of staying power, to be perfectly honest. Well, but if we're going to survive... Care, right? If we're going to survive the trend of barbering, which let's be honest, I mean, you know, this thing is now being drawn out pretty long. And there was a moment where it was just this big booming trend of things happening. And if we're going to survive that trend, if we're going to get to the other side of this thing and maintain a strong and integrity held industry then we need to populate it full of those people. You know what I mean? And I think that this app is amazing in the sense that, you know, not only is it really functional and there's a lot of brilliant ideas in there, but I like that you're designing it from a positivity standpoint where it's like, look, we want to be supportive. It's, it's a purely supportive app. And I think that this could be very instrumental in helping us create a stronger industry. No, do you know, I think people want to be supportive. I think, you know, a lot of people just inherently want to be supportive. They want to say nice things and, one of the things I hear a lot of is, you know, for example, like for my wife, she loves to buy stuff for people. She likes to bake cakes and give it to people. And when you ask her why, it's not because she gets an Instagram following out of it. It's just because she, you know, they like her, you know, which is nice. So I think, you know, a lot of the people I know anyway, again, I'm not huge on Instagram. I just know the people for the people. 
um, you know, they just want to be nice. They want to talk about things that we all have in common. And, you know, generally, you want to be in a as a barber. Party, you know? As a barber, it's hard to do that on Instagram. Because, yeah. well, how can you be nice without just giving someone a comment that, you know, and then you have to generally well, the speaking, other thing, the other thing is, a lot, you know, when we were talking about this buzz idea, one of the things that we all said is, you know, when we got our hundred barbers together at our Headcase Barbers Christmas party, people were just having the best time ever. They were chatting and we stood back for a little, you know, just five minutes, me and my brother, and we were like, man, look, this started as one shot. And look at all these amazing people talking about cutting hair. Like, who the fuck does that? But here they are doing it. And they're having the best time ever. And they've all said, we should do it again and again and again. And I think people have said, so you want to create an app where that happens? And I was like, well, that, wouldn't it be cool? And they were like, yeah, but they're all on Instagram and they're not doing it. And they can. And I was like, oh, that's a really good point, actually. So I just had a bit of thinking time. And I was like, why aren't they doing it? And what, the, what I ended up thinking was, if, you know, if us three went into a bar and the bar had like a thousand people in it, and I saw a guy the other side of the bar and I knew he was a barber and I was like, oh, Matty, can you see that guy over there? He's a barber. You should go and say hi. You'd probably be a bit like, I'd rather not. And if you did, by the way, he'd be like, good for you. What the fuck? It'd be you know, weird. You know, what's actually funny is my girlfriend and I, uh, we, we spent a lot of time traveling around Europe uh, this past year. And uh, what was really cool is I was in Poland. I was in Krakow. Like, I see, I've never been to, you think in the middle of, fucking Poland. All right. And I was in a, we were wandering around and my girlfriend loves karaoke. She found this bar. So like, Oh, they've got karaoke. I couldn't read the sign of uh, is Polish. And she's like, that sign says they've got karaoke. So I'm like, great. So we walk in there and I sit down. I'm there five, maybe five minutes. And I'm sit. I've got a beer in front of me and a guy taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, hello. And he's like, are you Maddie Conrad? And I'm like, this is really fucking weird, isn't it? And he, I look, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm a barber. I'm from the UK and I follow you. And right away, we were best mates. Like right away, I'm like, right on, man. Like have a seat, have a beer with us. Because so like, there yeah, is this yeah. connective thread that we have where if you love this industry, like truly you love it, if it's in your veins and you recognize that it's the same for other people, it's an amazing thing to have in common with each other. And it just drops down that wall immediately where you can have that. And I loved yeah. hanging out with that guy that whole night. We were buying each other drinks and stuff and high five. Like, I love that. I love being around other barbers and people that have that. So I think that this is kind of a virtual that. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, certainly a different experience from your side because you do have that, you know, you're so recognizable as well. So it is the sort of thing someone will see you, they come say hi, and you're a nice guy, you know, notoriously. So you're going to be like, hey, and buy drinks, which is nice. I wouldn't be buying drinks for people, for the record, right? But it's nice <laughs> to do that. That is not an invitation, by the way. That is not, I'm not going to buy you a drink every time people go say hi to me. Oh, yeah, you've done it now, you mate. Know? <laughs> but I think, I'm fucked. I think most, you know, most barbers, if they just found out another guy was a barber, they'd be reluctant to go and just tap them on the shoulder because they don't want to look weird. They don't want to react, right? But if we're at a barber convention, then you just go out to people and you can just talk freely about it. And I think that's, you know, Instagram is like the proverbial bar where I know we're all in there, but because there's a billion profiles and there's so much noise, if I just go and write to a guy and inbox him and I'm like, hey, you're a barber, so am I. It's just weird. Whereas when you're all in a place which is designed to be for barbers, it's, it's okay to go and say, hey, how's it going? You know, like, I love your profile right. because that's what we're there for. And I think that's... And we're seeing different. that now. We're seeing it now after, after what? This is the fourth day, right? And we're seeing that now in the numbers that are communicating with each other inside the app. I mean, we're, we're blown away. I look at it, I'm looking at it probably every 15 20 minutes i'm like and i text my brother screenshots i'm like cool. he calls me about oh, it. No, I'm looking as well. love it i love it it's very exciting it's a it's a new thing that you guys have launched and i think it's incredible and i want everybody that's listening and watching right now to go download if you're in the hair industry if you're a barber especially go and download buzz network it's absolutely fantastic get involved participate in it uh guys tell them where it's available so we can direct everybody there and then we got to wrap this up yeah, I mean, it's, at the moment, it's global now. You know, it was unlocked globally just a couple of days ago. We, um, But if you go and check in any of the Play stores or the app stores, I think at the moment you have to search for Buzz Network is the search name that you have to go for. Um, but yeah, any, anywhere it's available. It's sort of as... Free. 
Just go and enjoy it. Free to join for brands. It's free to join for the barber shops, barbers. You know, so yeah, go and check it out. That's absolutely remarkable. You guys, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been awesome talking to you. Uh, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about a year from now when this thing has blown up and is like the biggest thing in barbering. So uh, I'm really glad we were able to talk about this like right at the ground floor, right when you've launched it now. And we're going to look back on this interview a year from now and be like, remember those two blokes? And we'll let it, they're a big deal now. But- <laughs> Matt, thanks for having us on, mate. Honestly, it means a lot. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And thanks for what you're doing for the industry. I appreciate you guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with my guests, Martin and Oliver Knobs. We'll see you next week.